0: While the overall risk of contracting COVID-19 remains low in our area, the number of cases and hospitalizations have been ticking up in Chicago. RSV cases are also on the rise. So here to tell us more and to share the latest on vaccines is Dr. Mia Teramina, infectious disease expert with Dooley Health and Care. Welcome back, Dr. Teramina. Hey, Sasha. Always good to be here. Yeah, long time no chat. So uh, first, I want you to explain what's going on with COVID cases in our area right now. Catch us up. We're
1: we're seeing a little bit of everything, you know. Starting with COVID, uh, we're seeing hospitalizations in the last week or so up about seventeen percent. And you know, in case we think that this is you know just something mild that's not really life threatening, the the city's averaging about a death every day yeah. uh, due to COVID. So we're we're you know not out of the woods. This is not something that has gone away, or it's not something that's in the past. Um, I myself have had patients pass away from COVID in the last couple of months. So Mm -hmm. it is something that can still be serious for some of the most vulnerable people. Yeah, it is causing a rise in hospital stays.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you're making that distinction, doctor, because I'm I'm taking a look now at the city website. And right at the top, it says Chicago's COVID-19 risk level is low. And that Mm -hmm. could be misleading. So talk to us about how the numbers are comparing with what we've seen in previous years as well.
1: Yeah, you know, while Chicago's risk level is low, there's 20 counties in Illinois right now that are at medium and, you know, refreshing ourselves, you know, to that. And as we travel and see family members throughout the state, throughout the Midwest, we're going to be going in and out of areas that have a higher COVID risk. And once we go from low to that medium risk, we really need to consider what our health risks are. If we are up to date on vaccines, how vaccinated the folks that we're going to be enjoying the holiday holidays with are and, you know, what mitigation strategies we can put into place to try and make for some healthy, safe holidays. But even with low risk, we are moving about, you know, the Midwest. We are traveling almost 300,000 travelers through Mm O'Hare this past weekend. We're going to see numbers come up as we have. This is our fourth Thanksgiving weekend with a COVID pandemic alongside. So we are going to see these numbers come up in the next week or two. Wow.
0: You mentioned mitigation strategies there. What precautions do you recommend folks take right now?
1: So I think that people, even though they have a lot of fatigue with all the COVID vaccines, I want to emphasize that the COVID vaccine available now is not a booster to what we've had before. It's a new formulation specifically targeted toward what's going around right now, sort of how we get our annual flu shots. So this COVID vaccine for the vast majority of people should be regarded as the first of what will become an annual vaccine for us. So if you haven't gotten your COVID vaccine and you've had three or four or five other shots in the last, you know, few years, Mm -hmm. it's time to get this new vaccine to get us through this season and to hopefully uh, help prevent COVID. And if you do get COVID, make sure that those symptoms are mild compared to if you were unvaccinated, especially if you're at risk. So that's the main mitigation
0: strategy. So you're saying this is the, the first of what will now be a yearly thing for us, right? Yep, Just like the flu shot. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the rollout of vaccines is a little different this year, right? Because the federal government's not covering doses for everyone anymore. They're now commercially available, which involves health insurance. So how does that play out in practice?
1: So it's very similar to our flu vaccines and for the majority of Americans uh, commercial insurance will cover this vaccine as well most of our Medicare and Medicaid plans. We have you know 300,000 Americans that have no form of insurance no coverage and for those folks there could be a fee associated with it. Also there needs to be a little more legwork because there are still some community health centers some churches throughout the country that may have a small supply of vaccine for those that are completely uninsured and don't have any coverage whatsoever. But if you uh, have commercial insurance, if you have a Medicare or Medicaid plan, you should be able to go and get this vaccine at any commercial pharmacy.
0: What variants are the, the current vaccines protecting us against?
1: So the formulation for this vaccine was targeted and made in June of this year when XBB was the widest circulating variant, which is a subset of Omicron pretty much everything that we've had over the last year and a half to two years has all been descendants of the Omicron strain. So we haven't moved into another Greek letter just yet. But now XBB is not what's widely circulating. We have EG5 and other subvariants of XBB. But the vaccines, including both Pfizer and Moderna and Novavax have been reformulated in such a way that they are doing a very decent job covering those further subvariants of XBB. So this is a a very decent coverage vaccine. And my folks that are getting COVID who have been vaccinated with this newest vaccine are having very mild cases.
0: Hmm. What about the uh, reports that you're hearing from, from patients after getting the shot this round? So
1: similar side effects to previous, Um, you know, if you are someone that had that day or two of fatigue, maybe Mm -hmm. a low-grade fever, some chills, body aches, that is your body mounting a very good immune response to the vaccine. It's not comfortable, but it is showing that your body's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's reacting to this trigger, to the vaccine itself, and making those antibodies, you know, in a a mild way. Uncomfortable, little bit of Tylenol, a lot of folks uh, opting to get a vaccine maybe on a Friday so they can lay low through the weekend and not impact their work week um, is usually going well for people.
0: Yeah. If we look at the city of Chicago, just under 8% of people are up to date on their COVID vaccinations. And this is according to the uh, city's Department of Public Health. What does it mean at this point for people to be all caught up? So this is
1: where it gets interesting, and that's why the number is so low. In order to be up to date, you have to have the vaccine that is available now. All of the preceding vaccines, if you had your original series, if you had your boosters, if you had the bivalent booster, all of those vaccines covered predecessors to what's going around right now. So if you've never had a COVID vaccine or if you've had many COVID vaccines, you need this one. And that's what gets you up to date. Mm -hmm.
0: Around one in five people over 75 have gotten this latest shot. But for kids, it's ranging from 1% fully vaccinated to less than 4%. What do you make of that?
1: You know, it's a little more challenging to get these vaccines for kids. Um, In the previous rounds of vaccines, more clinics and more health departments had them available. Now it's more commercial pharmacies where you have to go in order to get pediatric vaccines. And many commercial pharmacies are preferentially just not giving them to kids. So it's that little bit of legwork that after a try or two and a phone call or two, people are getting a little fatigued and saying, well, I'm not going to break my neck looking for this vaccine so it is challenging and there are some supply issues and then there's the thought that it is not something that is particularly dangerous for kids to get as the illness itself, but we have to think about, you know, the impact of those same kids perhaps exposing vulnerable adults, those same kids that very much enjoy being back in school face-to-face, now having to stay out for four, five, six, seven, eight days Mm -hmm. with symptoms. So we don't want to interrupt our day-to-day and we certainly don't want um, any of our kids getting any of our older and more vulnerable loved ones sick. So I would still advise doing that little bit of legwork, finding where you can get Pfizer or Moderna for your child.
0: Yeah, I mean, to that point, what's your message, doctor, for someone listening to us right now? And they are having a hard time fitting this into their busy schedule, and they don't want to think about having to be out of commission for any number of days, right? Yeah. Why is it worth getting this shot?
1: It's worth getting the shot because we are seeing the shot be effective in preventing illness in some. And for people who don't get the illness, they are having a much milder course. So we still advise that five days off, you know, just to make sure that your symptoms have fully resolved before you go back to work and before you go back into the general population. But for people who haven't been vaccinated, that four or five days off becomes six, seven, eight, nine days when the symptoms linger, the fevers linger and other things linger and on vaccination. Folks, at
0: times. So, I want to switch to talking about RSV, doctor, which we know causes cold like symptoms in adults and it can actually lead to hospitalizations for children and the elderly. What are you seeing so far this season with RSV?
1: Yeah, we are seeing patients getting severely sick with RSV and requiring hospitalization, and treatment is quite limited in, in what our options are in order to treat these patients when they are sick enough to be hospitalized. I'm primarily an adult doctor, so I generally deal with those older, vulnerable adults that end up hospitalized with RSV, but almost always it's because they've been exposed to a little one, mm-hmm. uh, a grandchild or you know, a loved one that had maybe some mild cold symptoms, but our littlest littles, our, our new borns are uh, babies that are going through their first RSV season ever. Uh, they're going to be especially vulnerable as well to get something you know, which could be potentially life-threatening when it becomes what we call a bronchiolitis, where they get so much inflammation in their lungs, they're just not able to get good oxygen exchange, and they need that help in the
0: hospital. Well, just a few months ago in August, the CDC approved a new RSV shot for those babies. Yeah. How does that work?
1: Well, if we can find it, that's the challenging part, but we've have I know that's we're having some severe supply chain issues. It's called NERCEVIMAB, and it's not a vaccine. It's a monoclonal antibody that is given to uh, infants that are going through their first RSV season or second RSV season. So it's indicated uh, for, you know, babies that are less than eight months old going through their first season at one dose and then uh, babies who are eight to 19 months old going through their second RSV RSV season. And it is a monoclonal antibody given and it's quite protective and works well. It has been approved but it is not easy to find. This is not something that you are likely going to be able to get at your pediatrician's office. Mm. This is something that if you have especially a vulnerable baby or a preterm baby uh, that I would be talking to your pediatrician about contacting potentially local uh, universities where they have... um, you know, inpatient uh, pediatric care, and you may be able to find it. There is such a supply chain issue, it's being prioritized now for the littlest of the littles, less than six months old, and babies with underlying conditions as being prioritized. And there is a second medication called Synergis. And Synergis is an acceptable alternative in those slightly older kids, eight to 19 months old, who are vulnerable, but are not able to access the uh, NERCEVM
0: map. What's the latest on the flu this year? Yeah, we're seeing those flu
1: cases ticking up. You know, um, I was just looking recently and it's just under 500 cases of flu so far in Illinois. This is starting to creep into what is our biggest part of the flu season. December, January is usually where we see the majority of cases. Mm -hmm. Um, But just in the last week alone, uh, there's been 144 cases reported. So that shows that, you know, We're starting to see that upward climb and we're going to see it, you know, with the holidays and with gatherings. So the biggest mitigation for influenza has always been everyone should get a flu vaccine every year, regardless of age or health risk.
0: Before I let you go, there's a a push for people to get a hepatitis shot if they were born before 1991. Do you recommend the vaccine?
1: So we have vaccines for hepatitis A and hepatitis B. Hepatitis A is foodborne. Hepatitis B is something that uh, is more bloodborne or exposure to bodily fluids. The standard of care has been to vaccinate our little ones with hepatitis A and B vaccine. But as time goes on, we're realizing that adults, you know, never got that childhood series and it is becoming a public health alert for us to go ahead and ask our adults and go ahead and vaccinate our adults for both hepatitis A and hepatitis B. That particular alert is regarding hepatitis B, Mm -hmm. but I personally think everyone should be vaccinated for both. And once you complete the series for both, it is good for a lifetime.
0: I'll leave it there. That's Dr. Mia Teramina, infectious disease expert with Duly Health and Care. Thank you so much for checking in. Good to speak with you again. Thanks again.